we kicked off service with Brother Josiah Caleb, gifted young man who has become our friend around these parts, and we're grateful for his gift as well. Wow. Those that found Matthew 25, verse 14, say, I've got it. Those still looking, say, give me a second, Pastor. I heard that. I heard you. I heard you. Speak it. Speak it. Speak it. So we are, we are in our faith and finances series. Pastor Pierce uh, wrecked the house on last week dealing with generosity, 2 Corinthians chapter 9. And so on today I have a dual objective to both deal with faith and finances, but also uh, to challenge our new leaders, uh, these, these men on the front row, uh, to be true servants. Amen. And so we're doing, we're doing both on today. So Matthew chapter 25, I gave you time. Beginning at verse 14, listen to what the word of the Lord said. For it is like a man about to go on a journey. He called his own servants and entrusted his possessions to them. To one he gave five talents, to another two talents, and to another one talent, depending on each one's ability. Then he went on a journey. Immediately, the man who had received five talents went, put them to work, and earned five more. In the same way, the man with two earned two more. But the man who had received one talent went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five talents approached, presented five more talents, and said, Master, you gave me five talents. See, I've earned five more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You are faithful over a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Share your master's joy. The man with two talents also approached. He said, Master, you gave me two talents. See? I've earned two more talents. His master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Share your master's joy. The man who had received one talent also approached and said, Master, I know you. You're a harsh man, reaping where you haven't sown and gathering where you haven't scattered seed. So I was afraid. And went off and hid your talent in the ground. See, you have what is yours. His master replied to him, you evil, lazy servant. If you knew that I reap where I haven't sown or, and gather where I haven't scattered, then you should have deposited my money with the bankers and I would have received my money back and with interest when I return." So take the talent from him and give it to the one who has ten talents. For to everyone who has, more will be given, and he will have more than enough. But from the one who does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. And throw this good-for-nothing servant into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Oh, and the people of God said, Amen. Amen. Y'all go ahead and be seated. Y'all been standing for a while. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Whew. Lord, this is a tough word on today, Lord. But we thank you for tough words. 
In fact, Father God, right now we're just asking that you'd enlighten us with this text. Father, I pray even now that we would not be defensive, that we would not be insecure, but that we would simply let the text tailor the truth for our lives. Father, we need you to speak to us even now so that we will, in fact, leave changed and transformed. Father, we understand that the message for today is for all ages, all levels, all people. And we need you to speak to us, Lord. We submit this prayer to you by faith in the name of Jesus. Let everyone say amen. Praise God. Thank you so much, musicians and ushers, for all that you do. We begin our sermons with what is called a message moment. This message moment helps you to understand in a summation form what pastor is preaching or teaching about for the day. Here is our message moment at the top of your sermon note card. We've been entrusted with gifts, talents, and blessings to invest in kingdom work. Somebody say invest. We have been entrusted, we have been given gifts, talents, and blessings for the purpose of investing in kingdom work. Today's message is entitled, No Risk, No Reward. No Risk, No Reward. A ship wrecked off the New England coast many years ago. This ship wrecked in the midst of turbulent storms. The winds were heavy. The waters were choppy. And as a consequence, this ship could not maintain its buoyancy. And it wrecked. Anyone that sought to even go near the site would be putting their lives in immediate danger to which they call the Coast Guard. And with that call, a young member of the Coast Guard rescue crew, he said, we cannot go out. We'll never get back. To which the old captain who had been there for years replied, we have got to go out. We don't have to come back. We have got to go out. We don't have to come back. And beloved, that is the essence of risking for the sake of something greater. That is the essence of what it means to be a man or a woman of faith. You understand going in what the risks are. But based upon your commitment to what you've been called to, you don't allow your fear to overrule your faith. As a matter of fact, I've discovered in my own life that at times we're so in love with comfort that we fall out with risk. We're so in love with having things our way and being the way we want them to be that we never take a chance. We never take a risk. We never give any opportunity of the uncertain. To which we open this text and this message with the question, Beloved, do you operate out of fear or do you operate out of faith? 
And I'm here to let you know that you really can't compartmentalize this thing. We're pretty consistent across the board. So if you're fearful as it relates to things of God, then chances are you're fearful in every area of your life. If you're faithful as it relates to the things of God, then you are very likely to be faithful in every other area of your life. Y'all, you can't hit and miss with these. And so I'm here to give you a, an exhortation to challenge you to take some risks. Talking to these brothers on the front row, and I'm talking to you as well, to take some risks. As a matter of fact, look at your neighbor and say, take some risks. Ah, oh, yeah, that was for Sister Little John right there. Look at your neighbor and say, take some risks. Hmm. Our text for the morning meets Jesus delivering what is known as his Olivet Discourse. He is delivering this message at the Mount of Olives as he prepares the Jews, his immediate audience, for his return and rule. They want to know what this period will look like when he returns. And so Jesus takes a little time to tell them a series of parables that paints the picture. So, so the context for our text actually begins at Matthew chapter 24, verse 1. Go back, if you will, to Matthew 24, verse 1. And it opens up in verse 1. It says, as Jesus left and was going out of the temple, his disciples came up and called his attention to its building. He replied to them, do you see all these things? Truly, I tell you, not one stone will be left here on another that will not be thrown down. Verse 3, while he was sitting at the Mount of Olives, the disciples approached him privately and said, tell us, when will these things happen? And what is the sign of your coming of the end of the age? Ah, so he had a few select disciples that approached him privately. They wanted to know not only the when, but the what. They wanted to know, Lord, when is this going to take place when, when your rule takes place? When is this going to take place when you tear down all these buildings that have been erected? Lord, when is it going to happen? As so the Lord Jesus begins to catalog and chronicle what it's going to look like, he gives them parabolic illustrations as to what it's going to look like. Now, I need for you to understand something about the Olivet Discourse. The Lord Jesus' primary audience is the Jews, Israel, and not necessarily the church. Y'all help me preach this. Because in Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, Jesus says, I'm going to build my church. So this Olivet Discourse is primarily for the Jews because they were the ones that had to determine what they would do with Jesus. Oh, y'all, y'all help me up in here. They had to make a decision. Would Jesus be their Lord or would they reject him? And we all know the answer to that. They rejected him in record numbers. So this discourse speaks to what's going to happen to Israel. So we make our way to chapter 25, verse 14. And if you notice, it, it opens up by saying, for it is just like. Ah, so you got to ask the question of the text. What is the it 
ah, that is being discussed here. Well, the it takes us back to chapter 25, verse 1. It is the kingdom of heaven. Oh, I like that, y'all. That's, that's strong. It is the kingdom of what? What will it be like when the Lord Jesus returns? What will it look like when he assumes his earthly reign? So he tells these parables. The previous parable in chapter 25 is a parable about the ten virgins. That parable dealt with preparedness, what the Jews will do with Jesus. And so our current parable deals with faithfulness, what the Jews will do while they wait on Jesus. God, I hope I'm making sense up in here. So while there are direct implications for this passage for the Jews, understand that the church, we're not in this text. But the huge but is this. There is still applicational value for us as believers. So our parable for the day, get ready to write, our parable for the day deals specifically with Talents, get that down. Talents, talents. Somebody say talents. Hope y'all can hear me. Somebody say talents. Representing then financial resources, gifts, privileges, and opportunities that Jesus has entrusted to the disciples and to us. Yes, talents include money, but they're not limited to money. Oh, God. See, you got some stuff that the Lord has entrusted to you, and it goes beyond your pocketbook. You have some value in your life that goes beyond your checking account. And child of God, you got to understand that you are responsible for how you invest what has been entrusted to you. You think I'm making it up? Look at the text. The text says, the master is leaving. Get that down. The master is leaving. So he entrusts his possessions to his servants. In the same way, Jesus is leaving to return at a later time. Look at verse 25, verse 14. It says, for it, the kingdom of heaven, is just like a man about to go on a journey. He called his own servants and entrusted his possessions to them. To one, he gave five talents. To another, he gave two talents. To another, one talent. Here it is, depending on each one's ability. Then he went on a journey. Get ready to write these three things that are so profound. First of all, we see the servant with great abilities. Get that down. The servant with great abilities abilities. What I love about the Lord Jesus is he knows his people. Oh yeah, he knows you. He knows me. Amen, somebody. And so whatever the Lord has entrusted to you, I need for you to understand, even before I get to the rest of my, my message, the Lord expects you to do something with whatever it is he's entrusted you with. Oh, God, we, 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 don't, we don't get, watch this, we don't get to sit on our gifts. We're supposed to do something with our gifts, our talents, and our possessions. But the first gentleman has great abilities. So based upon his greatness, the Lord gives him five talents. But not only great, secondly, there is in the servant with good abilities. Yeah, have you ever taken a class 
where you could have gotten an A, but you sure was happy with that B. I ain't got no witnesses up in here. I mean, I know what you could have done. I, I understand. We're on the same page. But when you open up that envelope or that report card and you saw that B, you did a little damn. This is the servant with good, not great, not superb. As a matter of fact, the one who has good has two talents. And he is only one talent above the one who ain't that good. See, here's what I need for you to understand. It's not the amount. God Almighty. It's the attitude about the amount. Giving, which is not necessarily in this text, but giving is not about equal giving. It is about equal sacrifice. So your amount may not match my amount, but you ought to give and serve and invest in a way that honors God. Somebody say great abilities. Somebody say good abilities. Now here's the rest of us. Minimal abilities. Oh, God. I got to sip some tea right there. Uh, minimal. Minimal. I mean, you know, you all right. I think you're sitting next to a minimal person. Look at them and say, you all right. Yeah, yeah. You all right. Y'all, I get it. But here's what concerns me. A lot of us settle for minimal when we can do more. See, a lot of us believe the hype about the great folk, and we don't understand that we too could do what they do if we would but apply ourselves and serve at the level that God expects from us. Because watch this, even though he only got one, there were still some expectations. Let, 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 let me stick with the text. So, so with a servant with great abilities, a servant with good abilities, a servant with minimal abilities. And so in our passage, the first two servants move with immediacy to invest their talents. In contrast to the long time the master would be away. So he gives them these talents. He bids farewell. And then he's out. Now, if I know that mom and them going to be gone all day, can I get a witness up in here? I'm not going to do my chores. First, y'all ain't helping me up in here. See, when my mama left, I can just tell by the stuff she took with her that she was going to be a while. Mama got to change the shoes, change the outfit. Oh, man, I knew I would have all day. But have you ever noticed how fast all day goes? And it's like yesterday, I could hear the car coming into the driveway. 
Hark. Terry, I believe that's mother. And then in the time that it took her to go from drive to park, to go to the back seat to get her stuff out, to find her key for the front door because we sure locked it, to come inside, we would have cleaned the dishes, made up our beds. Do I have a witness up in here? But in our text, oh, in our text, we discover that the master is leaving and would be gone for a long time. But then how do the ones with great and good abilities respond? Look at the text, verse 16. It says, immediately the man who had received five talents went, put them to work, and earned five more. In the same way, the man with two earned two more. Let, let, me, let me hunt this off real quick. Let me give these quickly, real quickly. Stay with me. The first is this, y'all. Risk begins with faith. Get that down. Risk begins with faith. These servants in the text, they are also stewards which means they had the possession of stuff that was in their hands but was not theirs. Oh, God, y'all got to kiss it. That's, that's what a steward, you've got it in your hand, child of God, but it ain't yours. And so they're servants and they're also stewards. They were, to, to, they were entrusted to invest, to take what they were given and to use it to get more. Do you understand that's why the Lord has blessed you with gifts and talents and possessions? It's not just so that you would celebrate your greatness, but so that you would invest it for the advancement of his kingdom, which will in turn yield more dividends. That's why it's so important for you to serve in the church. That's why it's so important for you to find your place to get plugged in so, so that your talents won't go to waste. But then in the financial sense, amen, in the financial sense, it's why you ought to be sowing good seed in the kingdom of God. Don't ever be guilty of giving the world your best and giving God what's left. So these, these, these servants and stewards were tasked to get more, not just for their own benefit, but primarily for the benefit of their master. And so we got to understand, too, that we're also stewards. That bank account balance may have your name on it, but even still, you are a steward. It belongs to God. And see, somebody has to embrace that because when we see our name on stuff, we falsely conclude that it's ours. And we fail to recognize that were it not for the grace and mercy of God, we would have nothing. Uh, somebody say risk begins with faith. But then second, I want you to catch this. It's so important. When we wait, we tend to waste. 
Oh, I feel that by myself. When we, uh, uh, when we wait, we tend. We tend to waste. This is going to be part one. I'm going to tell you right now. i got to hunt this off. But let me give you this last one. It says, verse 18, but the man who had received one talent went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. Child of God. Child of God. Why are you waiting? Brothers, don't wait. The calling that God has placed upon our lives is one for immediate obedience. You can see the contrast in the text. The first two respond with immediate obedience. The text says immediately they did this. And so the inference in the text is this last one, he kind of went around and just kind of pondered, kicking a rock. Let me see what I'm going to do. I don't know what I'm going to do with mine. Oh, I know. I'm going to go and I'm going to hide mine. I'm going to bury mine here. I'm going to take the gifts, the talents, the treasures that I've been entrusted, rather than invest them, rather than try to, try to duplicate what I've received, I'm, I'm just going to bury it right here because it's safe in the ground. And that, that's an ancient Near Eastern practice, to, to bury stuff. It's safe. Nobody's going to find, who's going to find it? something this buried? It's safe. But child of God, God has not called us to safety. God has not called us to easy. As a matter of fact, there's nothing that God has done that was easy. But we're waiting, y'all. We're waiting. Waiting on the right time. Waiting on the right ministry. Waiting on the right person to lead the ministry. Waiting on that good feeling. Waiting on our schedule to come into alignment. Waiting on the kids' sports season to end. Waiting on something else to stop. Just waiting, wait, waiting to get my money right before I start giving. When we wait, we tend to waste. I'm going to stop right there. I'm going to stop right there. We're going to pick this up next week. I want you to hold on to your cards. Hold on to them. Don't throw them away. Hold on to them. Bring them with you next week, and we will give you part two of this message. Give God a hand of praise right there. Come on, come on. Come on, give God a hand of praise.